Hi there, this is Brian Moanson, and you've tuned in to this episode of the Altitude Sessions podcast, brought to you by M4 Innovation. We're just chilling here in the Jackson Hole Valley, recording our 10th episode with a little bit more of a relaxed vibe. Fits in really well to this episode's theme about the benefits of getting out into nature and what that means to you as an individual, as an executive leading your team, and then also what it means to the industry and the overall health economy, some of the trends that are coming true there. All right, well, first off, from the M4 team to all of you out there, happy Memorial Day weekend. Hope you have a nice set of things planned with the friends and family over this extra long weekend. You know, today on our particular episode, like I said, we want to take it down and chill it out a little bit and talk a little bit more about a couple of things. You know, one, we want to talk about the the grow model that we recently introduced to our our membership uh, via our update email earlier this week and get a little bit more insight on that and what we're thinking with regard to that as we move into the first quarter of 2020. And we also want to talk about the you know, th- this this trend, this phenomenon that's been going on for a bit now that seems to be gaining steam and is starting to get a little bit more prominence with national insurance organizations and others. And that is the you know pediatricians and doctors and others are, are really starting to look at this uh, and, and looking at more of the uh, the data and the randomized trials and others to prove points and clinical value for for going this direction and that is really this 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 thinking around prescribing people time in nature and as we look at the increasing urbanization and we look at the growth of large cities and you know the the influx the in migration if you will of people that continue to move into to large cities and may be moving further and further away from green space and, and those type of things you know there there is this real movement now that says you know what what do we need to do on all sides of this from from urban planning to suburban planning to the role that physicians take in actually making sure that we we get off our devices more and we get outside and restore our minds and our bodies in nature and then the impact that, that has actually on our business strategies the way we think about things the way we creatively look at things the way we solve things the impact that it has personally on our bodies with regard to things like high blood pressure and other things we're going to talk about that a little bit today too so you know jumping in you know talking a little bit more about the the grow model you know the grow model is actually on our recently revamped and refreshed and all spiffied up website at m4innovation.com and you know if you have time go out and take a look at that kick the tires a bit and even give us a little feedback on you know, the, the direction and the way things are kind of shaping up for us as a business. But, you know, the, the GROW model is something we're pretty excited about. It's something that we've actually tested in small group formats for the better part of two years. And it is a model that uh, focuses more on very small, very intimate get-togethers of top executives that really goes after one topic, but also is is really designed to bring a restorative nature to the thinking on that particular topic as well by getting people out into into nature by taking you into very unique spots because one of the one of the advantages of running smaller groups is that you can pretty much put them anywhere you know as you get bigger and bigger and bigger you finally start to find that you have limitations on where you can organize those things and it tends to be in one of you know 10 or 15 of the same spots over and over and over again you know we don't have that limitation when you talk about bringing it together you know, groups of 12, 15, 20, 25 people. And that's that's what we want to do there with, with that particular format. And it kind of sets up in a really nice frame where our formulate groups, which many of you have been part of, and some of you are exploring even for this year, 
know, that formulate group, you know, I said groups in the past, it's really going to be one group going forward. It's going to meet in October, and that group is basically sets the stage for what are the five-year trends coming at us that we need to be thinking about in our business. And it's, it's, it's always, it's here in, in Jackson Hole, and that's where it's set for the next, next few years. And, you know, that is one of the, you know, and at least in my mind, and I might be biased, it's one of the penultimate places in the U.S. and, and could be argued in, in a lot of places in the world to come and actually experience nature and all its grandeur. I mean, right from the time you get off the airplane at an airport that's fully enclosed and complete, you know, completely enclosed in a national park, all the way to the the 30-minute drive up to the Jacksonville Mountain Resort, and you know, being right at the base of uh, you know Rendezvous Mountain and other things, and, and and seeing all the various things that happen. You know, typically, you might find a, a moose standing under the the aerial tramway. You know, as part of all the stuff that's there. You know, that you, from the the instant you get off the plane to the time you leave, you're here. You're in the middle of a valley full of nature and full of full of animals and wonderment and things that will actually start to allow your mind to to immediately begin restoring itself and to immediately begin ramping up its ability to be creative. That's the formulated approach. And it's, hey, we're going to get together people. We're going to talk about the five-year things coming at us and what what's different and also give you an opportunity to take advantage of being in a place as special as, as this. But, you know, that's not enough. And we've talked a lot about people over the year, you know, our, our membership over the years about, but what are some of the things that we can do from year zero working to that five-year trend that will allow us to impact the business, you know, going forward, the operators, the doers. Well, I want to do something. I want to do something tangible. Well, that's the, the next step to this is what we're doing with Grow. And it kind of is a back to the basics approach that we have within our business, which is we want to, you know, get together 10, 12, 15, 20 people to attack one topic with no competitive overlap, get very deep, very candid, and figure out what are the operating strategies? What are the here now, here and now partnerships that need to be built? What are the the investments that need to be made? What are the particular policy positions that you can take back to your organization that need to be stated and to go after those things and go after them right now so that it can output something for your business that is beneficial, one, and then two, impacts and influences the industry working from kind of a year zero up to that five-year trend line that we always look at to, to really, we can look back in that five-year period and say, here are all the here now things that we did as a group that actually Im- impacted that. So, you know, the model as we look going forward really kind of turns itself to where October is the the entry door into what we do as an organization through Formulate. It's, it's the larger top networking gathering. It's the five-year ideas and strategies and the things that need to be be influenced. And then after that, you know, going into quarter one and quarter two of the following year, it, then we start getting into the singular topics that come out of that. We dig, dig deeper. We, we bring people in to actually figure out what that looks like. And there's a couple different paths that you can go there, which are these these groups that are in, in special places in, in other parts of the United States that, like I said, 12 to 24 people that are assembled around that one topic. And then there's other approaches that allow you to come here and use the the office that we built right off the square in Jackson Hole to to uh, bring together you know up to eight people to be here and to take advantage of the the abundant things that happen in nature in in this valley and to to be able to you know that's a, a little bit longer program that really runs three nights and it, it actually allows you to go out into nature and to to benefit from the again the restorative effects and the creative creative creativity things that start to happen get that word right here in a minute and and then you know, come in and then really attack the one issue 
the, the real-time marketing feedback, the other things that you're looking for for your respective business. And that, that program is a little bit more special. It's a little bit more involved. It's a little bit more, honestly, a little bit more expensive to put on. And it's the type of program that we really reserve more for the clients of ours, the membership uh, companies of ours that are, are more on the, the retained approach to, to our business, that retain us year-round and want us to help advise and make an impact for their business long before and long after we do these these uh, framework groups or these benchmark groups that happen in the form of formulator grow. So, you know, these are things that are worth considering as we kind of move forward in the model. And I think that it's, you know, it's a nice continued evolution and growth of the business that we're trying to put together here for you in supporting and deepening the relationship with the community, but also to do it in a way that the, the community experiences some pretty significant impact and actually impacts this industry in a way that's, that's tangible and it's meaningful for your organization. And it's also, you know, tangible, meaningful outcomes for this particular community at large. So I, we're pretty excited about that. And, you know, also we've got a an employee that, that is moving up from Colorado, her background, and she's going to be managing this community going forward. Her background is actually, she's worked for organizations even here in Jackson Hole, like a Wilderness Adventures. You know, they, they have specialized for years in getting kids out into nature and getting individuals out into nature to experience a lot of the benefits we'll talk about in the remainder of this this podcast. But, you know, we're excited about adding that kind of talent here on our team because, one, not only is she a terrific marketer and not only is she a, a terrific researcher, but she's also, as an individual, she understands the restorative and powerful effects of nature. And she has, you know, great tribal knowledge even here in this valley and other places, not only, you know, here in Jacksonville, but around the United States and, and honestly around the world, that that we can we can access and we can tap to drive this as a differentiator for the things that we want to offer to you as, as our membership being part of this community. So there are some things that we are doing that are dramatically different than the traditional, you know, circuit and things that you can be part of where we're actually trying to nudge you a little bit forward to one, take care of yourself, because I mean, let's let's start there, guys. I mean, guys, if you don't take care of yourself, then does any of this really matter? Does any of the things that we're talking about at this point really matter? If you are not in a position where you're taking care of yourself and you're not in an optimal thinking position for your team and for your business, does anything that we say really matter? You know, if if we move beyond that that question, the answer is no. It probably doesn't. So it's important for us as as kind of this overall community approach and the community program that we're putting together that, you know, we have those dialogues too. What are you doing to take care of yourself? What are you doing to take care of and growing your career and your the skills and abilities that you have in your career? And then what are you doing to be involved and engaged in this community in a way that actually impacts your business and impacts the the overall success, not just of this community, but of the health economy as, as a whole. And, you know, we're in a period now where there's a hell of a lot of stuff going on that you could argue bring brand new challenges to us and bring uh, brand new things that we need to think through and not only just think through from an academic or theoretical perspective, but actually think through what in the hell are we going to do about it? So that that's the key. I mean, this is a long journey that we're all on. And in this long journey, we, we need to be at our peak best. And what does it take for us to be at our peak best? If we can create an environment in our year-round programming that allows you and gives you a tangible excuse to get away, to restore, and to come back and to your business and your team with new idea, new ideas and thinking about things a little bit more creatively so that it actually moves the needle, then we're doing our job. And if it actually moves the needle in such a way that your team and your organization find ways to be successful amidst all this calamity that's going on right now, we've really done our job. So that's, that's kind of where we, 
where we're thinking with regard to the overall approach. And, you know, let's let's get in a little bit of just around some of the cool things that are out there. And we always like to talk about some of the more innovative things that are going on in this space. And, you know, there, there was a TEDx Veil talk that occurred, and it's, you know, it's, it's from a, an individual named Justin uh, Bogardis, and it's it spawned a series of views for a spoof that they have on the pharmaceutical industry that is quite it's quite funny it's very effective in its messaging and and it's part of this overarching drive in this theory that's going on right now that says you know what maybe some of the more critical cures in our healthcare system are free or maybe it's the cost of a park pass or maybe it's the cost of transportation to a park for individuals to get out and there's all sorts of things that are that are being built around this and there's even a movement afoot here in Jackson Hole where we have uh, we, we there, there are individuals that run another festival here called the Shift Festival that just happens to be uh, the day that our our group ends in Jackson Hole in October so you know our, our formula group runs from October 14 to 16 and then their Shift Festival picks up on October the 16th it's actually ironically and accidentally creates an opportunity for folks that come up in October if they want to extend their time here in the valley they could actually attend that session as well and What's interesting about what they're trying to do is they're they're actually going to talk a heck of a lot more about this this park uh, prescription approach and the impact of nature. I mean, Shift as an overall festival isn't necessarily a healthcare related organization. They're really more of an outdoor organization of preserving the beauty in place and and helping to work through some of that. And and th- you know the thing that they're trying to coalesce around though is that there are benefits in nature and beautiful places that extend you know, well into the healthcare domain because of the impact that it has on us as individuals and the overarching cost of healthcare and things. And that there, there could be some highly beneficial things that come out of getting people going more in these special and beautiful places and even parks and school playgrounds and other things that may be close to your home. That, that's, that's what they're digging into a little bit more as part of their group. And they're bringing in some renowned, you know, policy experts and others to kind of dig into that a little bit more. So it's kind of, it's kind of an exciting time. And we thought that this was a, a topic that was pretty much very timely for, for the discussion. But getting back to, to Justin's TEDx Veil talk, there was, you know, he, he actually, there's a site out there that if you haven't looked at it, it's nature-rx.org. And he's got some, some spoofs on, the typical pharmaceutical advertisement and a lot of the advertising tricks that are used in the pharmaceutical industry to portray the brand image that they want for the particular drug and the solution they're selling. And in in this, you know, the, the spoof, which I love about it, you know, it's, it's, it's ask your doctor about prescription strength nature, and that's where they start. And then, you know, there, there's some of the potential side effects, the cautions. And one of my favorites that I just laugh my butt off every time I, I watch it is that, you know, nature may cause you to slow down, quit your job or seriously consider what the fuck you're doing with your life and they beep out the the fuck but we don't have to do that here and and the the thing that that's that's funny about them is not necessarily you know cause you to quit your life or stuff but it does talk about the restorative nature of of getting outside it does talk about those benefits and then you know it talks about the other things you know side effects may cause you to be in a seriously good mood and you know in the TEDx talk you know he talks about does does nature have a marketing problem and he went on, on some tangents with regard to, to global warming and climate change and how to market all of that and the special specialness that comes from nature and that we're, we're not eradicating that. And that, that's, that's a little bit outside the scope of here. But, but the more health-related things that have been proven 
and are continue to be studied in in more uh, specific ways right now are you know getting out in nature does boost our immune system it does speed up healing it does increase you know our positive moods and you know as, as he's always said and you know as Justin said in, in, in his very humorous talk you know the sex sales right well camping in nature has actually been proven to increase your sex life if that's of interest to you as well so you know there, there's all sorts of interesting things that come from this that that I think are, are, are kind of fun, but, you know, they're, they're on the downside, you know, I mean, our kids today on average are spending at least seven and a half hours on devices, you know, cramped up in the multitasking position, <laughs> and it may be doing homework from schools on iPads or whatever it is, but you know, we're approaching eight hours of time just on devices, looking at screens and not getting outside, not, you know, doing all these highly repetitive, demanding tasks that are depletive. They're taking away certain things from our body and we're not doing enough to restore them. And, you know, I think that that's, that's the, the interesting thing for me is that, you know, we, we want to be these, these masters of achievement anymore. Technology is trying to make us run faster and faster and faster and achieve more, 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 more. But what we aren't doing enough, not only, you know, potentially as, 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 as parents or in our career or other things, we're not being masters of fulfillment. You know, we're finding, you know, with you look even in the mountain regions where we are, depression, suicide, other things are, those numbers are, are pretty ugly here. Because we aren't, uh, you know, p- folks that are on the treadmill having to run even here and don't get out, even surrounded by nature, myself included at times, don't get out enough. You know, we're not doing enough focusing on the fulfillment aspects of life and the fulfillment aspects of our jobs and careers and, and, and other things. And, and there have been some proof points of this that even came out in, in Justin's talk. And what, one is over in England, the these folks at gas stations, which are, you guys, we've all been to gas stations and my God, man. There are not a whole lot of gas stations on major interstates that, you know, set up as models of cleanliness and purity where you go, gosh, this is this is a nice bathroom. It just just doesn't typically happen or not very often. But in in, in England, in the UK, they actually put uh, bird chirps in the bathroom to simulate sounds found commonly in nature. And what they found is that the customer satisfaction, the happiness of people that were actually coming in and using the bathroom there, believe it or not, actually went up 50 percent just because of the chirping. It just proves that there's something hardwired about us that as a human race, you know, gosh, let's just hypothetically push it out there. What, 99.9% of our evolution has been largely found in interacting with nature. It's been this most recent period where, uh, as as the Industrial Revolution and other things have pushed us more and more toward this mechanized world, that we've kind of lost a little bit of touch and focus with some of that. At least some of us have. So, you know, this, this is... Uh, the interesting conclusion to the, to the discussion is that in, in Justin's world, he actually believes, and he used Star Wars analogies and other things, that getting outside is actually where you begin the original hero's journey. It's actually where you start your hero's journey. It's actually where you go out and you become more retrospective and you become uh, more more uh, inward focused. You find a peace while you're out there in, in some of the still and the quiet in the rustling of the leaves and other things. And there's, there are scientific reasons why that starts to happen uh, and, and, you know, biochemically in our bodies. We'll talk about it in a bit. But in that piece, that's actually where the, the hero's journey starts. And, you know, for for us, when we get you to places like that and we get you to slow down and get off of the hamster wheel for a bit and get away from the devices for a little bit, connect with people again, connect with new people again, be stimulated in different ways, you know, that's all part of what we're trying to do is this overall deepening of the community so that we actually build people up in a way where you 
one, think of, stop and think about the business, think about the industry at large a little bit differently, and then connect with people hopefully deeper in a deeper way where you start to care about one another enough to where you want to work together in partnerships to actually change the industry for the better. That's all part of the, the scientific design behind some of the things that we do, and it's why we believe that what we're trying to do here is a little bit different, and it's very focused on the key decision makers in this industry because you guys have to be in the optimal state to make the right decisions so that we can navigate all these changes in the industry. So what, what, I, what I love about some of this is that when you think about all that rustling and everything that's out there, the actual thing that's activating in your brain is a parasympathetic, is a parasympathetic, it's the parasympathetic system. That's what kind of, kind of gets going in nature, and it's it's pretty, it's a pretty helpful thing that, uh, you know, has been taken advantage of in things like uh, certain Japanese therapy treatments. You know, like uh, Shinrin Yoku, which is what they is it basically called force bathing. And that doesn't mean you go out like some of those. I don't what was it the Cialis commercials or whatever, where they're in the white uh, cast iron tubs and. You know, they're holding hands and looking out in the nature, although there is something to that. And that's the reason, you know, why do they put the bathtubs in nature? Because of the, the nature response that you have when looking at that on, on TV. And they know that you're, we're all kind of hardwired to stuff like that. And it evokes positive emotion, emotions. But what, what this Japanese therapy has done in forest bathing, is ba it's really simple. It's walking through the forest and it's breathing wood scents. And it's being asked as part of your therapy to do that and to make that a regular part of your life. And they found is, you know, is because of this, this response that happens in this parasympathetic system is that, you know, it lowers blood pressure. It lowers your pulse rates. It lowers your cortisol levels, which, you know, helps us attack and get after things as stress. And stress is the nasty beginnings of a lot of things that, that eat us alive over time. There are real tangible benefits in health that come out of these types of programs. And, you know, is, you know there, there have been even studies out there going beyond what the Japanese are doing. There's a Pennsylvania hospital that between 1972 and 1981, it's a little bit older study, but, it, you know, the, the math and everything works out on it. You know, they, they looked at gallbladder patients in their hospital, and what they found is that some of the, the, the time spent in the, the actual pain thresholds and other things were all pretty tied to whether the patient was in a room that actually had a view out uh, out the window looking at trees rustling or those patients that had a view just looking at a brick wall. The rooms are identical inside, but the view out the window was different. And what they almost found was, or actually not what they almost found, but what they found was that four times as many, uh, there, the people that were in these rooms with the brick wall were actually four times more negative and that their recovery times took longer their request and demands and need for painkillers were four times greater than those folks that were looking out the window. So the folks that are looking out the window, seeing the trees rustle, they, they might have needed one painkiller, you know, dose or prescription for, for their time there. So they needed one dose. And, and then the folks that are looking at the brick wall needed three, sometimes four doses for, for the same treatment. And the, the case notes were four times more negative with the folks that were struggling looking at the brick wall versus those people looking out the window. So there, there just is this hardwired response that we can take advantage of in lots of ways, not only for ourselves, but in how we build programs and strategies for the industry. So, you know, there are a whole lot of, of really cool things that are going on in, in the world today. And, you know, companies out there like Humana have, have 
worked with uh, Dr. Beveridge, who's our chief medical officer, to, to pull out things like their Park RX program. And they are now, you know, working toward uh, building out in their strategies the prescribing of access to parks and programs is is one of the actual solutions for solving for some of the healthcare issues at ALIS. And that's a big move on the national stage, but there, there are other folks out there that, you know, there's Park RX America, which one of the pediatricians out there, a gentleman named Robert Czar, that he, he invented that. And, you know, what, what he wanted to do and what he found was, was really inspired by and, and maybe disturbed by was a talk that he heard about the rising rates of uh, attention deficit, you know, ADHD, uh, so attention deficit hyperactivity disorder among kids, and, you know, how that related to all of the various time on screens and indoors and, and, and the obesity rate starting to really grow within younger populations, and that disturbed him as a pediatrician. So, you know, he went out and started the Park RX America program, and what, what it does is it's basically a, a program that looks for parks close to a patient's home. And it could be, again, it could be a green space at a school. It could be a jogging track in one of the parks near the suburb where you live. You know, things that are, are reasonably attainable in that program basically finds those spaces, has pretty pictures of it. And the doctor then basically says, I'm going to prescribe for you to use this park, this service as a program, and I'm going to prescribe it, uh, and, and you go do it. And the, the app on the other side will alert me when you're doing it. And that, that'll let me know when the prescription has actually been filled. You've actually done the dose and the value and the things that we've asked to do. And, and this, these are the types of programs that are now out there where, you know, instead of having to go to an immediate pharmaceutical solution, perhaps the solution is getting out and restoring our bodies and letting nature do its thing and figuring out even in urban jungles where those places are. So these are some interesting things that continue to go out. You go all the way back to, to some of the original great thinkers, Hippocrates and others, you know, Hippocrates said, you know, that walking is man's best medicine. Just walking, get out, get out and start walking. And that's that's one of the things that I think is really interesting. And then there are, you know, in places like Santa Clara County, there are programs there where they they recognize that not everybody can can go to Yellowstone. Not everybody can go to Yosemite. Not everybody can can necessarily make those trips, at least not without help. So there are programs there where they've actually included things like transportation, and they they've, have pretty robust email and communication programs where they prescribe opportunities for people to get out and take care of themselves. And, and as in the process of doing that, they're, they're building more robust uh, public assistance programs that allow people to take advantage of some of these things and, and get the communication and get the, the access to these facilities and these parks and other things and get the transportation that gets them there so that they can enjoy these benefits. And, and also, as at large, if you are managing a Medicaid budget or other things, you might start to see some impact there because these things are taking hold and it's not an expensive medical treatment or downstream medical treatment because the lifestyle and behaviors have been, have been changed. You know, the, this outside nature is RX might be the greatest wellness program ever ever conceived and thought through and just getting us almost returning us back to our humanity's roots. So I think those are some things that are going on that are, are really, really cool. And I, you know, there have been, you know, with regard to, to the impact that it has on, on our industry. And we, we talk a lot about costs and we talk a lot about sick care and we talk a lot about getting people healthier um, sooner in the system so that they stay healthier longer. And they don't, they don't get to a lot of these more expensive 
treatments or they don't get into these acute care things with, with diabetes and other things where it's, it's now maintained and they're, they're stuck in this cycle of insulin and other things that are pretty expensive and really drag on, on the overall affordability of the system as a whole. You know, the, the system, as I've talked about in the past, you, you know, when you're sick, there are aspects of this system, for better or worse, where ethics are tossed aside and it kind of preys on people. That's not everybody in the system, but there are plenty of people in the system where that is the case. And there are things that have happened in with insulin and cost and things that have happened in the generic markets we can talk about in the future where, you know, generics have been have been bought and then they've been their prices have been dropped. They've put competition out of business. And then when they're the only only uh, generic drug left standing in that class and the price is raised, you know, thousand X or whatever. And, and, you know, there are stories like that out there that take advantage of people when they're sick and they need these drugs and they have no alternative, at least in their mind. So those are the things that, that are there. And when you start to add some of these things up, you know, the, the three physical things or the three, three things that, that a lot of people talk about in healthcare that we need to look at and address and try to get at earlier are things like chronic stress. There are things like physical inactivity, and there are things like just the lack of social connectedness. Even this social media world that we're in today, we feel less and less and less connected at times. And when you start to look at some of the numbers there, you know, there the American Psychological Association looks at chronic stress and says it's a three hundred billion dollar a year problem. It starts with chronic stress. One hundred ninety percent is actually caused by the workplace. So, you know, one hundred ninety billion is caused by the workplace. So. There's that, you know, physical inactivity, you know, from overall health expenditure. You know, the NIH looks at overall health expenditure and says that physical inactivity can be worth almost up to 4.6% of our national health care expenditure. And that that's an issue. And then you look at social cohesion and isolation just in Medicare alone. People that are 65 years or older where their, their networks, their social networks might be shrinking because of, unfortunately, you know, deaths and people in the network or uh, you know, family changes and dynamics and those type of things that happen over time, as those networks, those those social networks might have shrunk, there is a, a portion with the, where the AARP, AARP in Stanford looked at this in a study a few years ago that, that found that about 14% of all seniors in their study consider themselves socially isolated. And of those 14%, it's a drag of $6.7 billion on the Medicare infrastructure. So these are all things that have dramatic healthcare impact that the viewpoint is, you know, getting out into nature, reducing cortisol levels and getting after stress is important. Physical activity is is actually raised when you're in nature because you're actually doing exercise, even though you may not think you are, while you're out there refreshing your your, your mind and thinking and every other things you might be hiking and climbing or walking around the the track that's built in the green space around your middle school, wh- whatever those things might be. And then the social cohesion aspect is how do you connect with other people so that you have a buddy hiking system? Or, you know, there are other people that believe that the social cohesion aspect in nature might even be paying for things like, like a dog or a puppy that you get to people that are socially isolated so that they now have companionship. And because of the puppy, it makes you go outside and makes you walk the dog and it creates physical inactivity. It creates more activity that gets after the physical inactivity issues. And those are smart solutions that are out there that are not expensive, that are creative and then actually start to get at these three particular areas. And it involves nature, getting outside, getting motion, getting mobile again, and taking care of yourself. So I think those are all uh, really interesting things that, that are worthy of more discussion when we think about how do we prescribe nature? How do we build nature more into our strategies? You know, if, if I'm an employer or if I'm a health insurer, am I working with the local or civil planners on how green space is defined in, in my city? Is it how I'm defining it in my community? Is it uh, how 
even do do I forego some of the funds maybe in some of the corporate wellness programs and instead allocate them toward building more green space around the office? And what would that look like as the overall program? Or do I give it as part of an overall community impact if I'm an insurer? Do I start focusing on some of those things and building these things around areas? You know, there are food deserts and other things that people are focusing on. But what about urban deserts where there's not enough green space where people can get out and is creating potentially an inactivity desert. And what does that look like and how do you solve for some of those things? So I think those are those are really cool, interesting opportunities for organizations and employers and others to think about as we really look at, you know, what are these health models wrapped around our communities and how does it all come together? Still sits with my larger point that I believe in the long run, if we could, if and this is a pipe dream I know, and I know plenty of people have told me this in the past and I'm still going to push on it. If we could get away from the employer model and move ourselves more toward a community-based model where insurers in the commercial world and government entities and others come together and they figure out how to support the health of communities. And then, they, you know, if we need the, the large reinsur- reinsurance infrastructures and other things that require large numbers of bodies, I think that's those are roles where, where insurers and reinsurers and others really play. And they have all this data and they can help control issues among the population and predict them and know where to put things and know how to steer people in the system, even from rural communities to better access to service in urban communities. You can put all that stuff together and that's the role of the insurer. But the question becomes, do we do it as through our employment, which may have a spread all over lots of different cities and states and other things, or do we start to focus on really the value of doing this as a community? And let the community start to figure out its role and how it wants green space involved in its role, how it wants to get people out and engage. The types of programs it may fund if it's, you know, wants to send people to national parks and other things. What does that look like? And I think that that's, that that's probably a, a more concerted and focused effort that is unique and it's unique to the, the community itself. That would be a little bit more interesting than more centrally planned stuff that happens now either at national insurers or it happens in, in D.C. when we think about national policy changes to healthcare. What we really need here is, is incremental growth. W- what we really need here is unique systemic change that happens from the community up, not necessarily from a policymaker down. So I think that those are some interesting opportunities that come even out of this. How do we prescribe nature? How do we build these green spaces and other things in, in our communities that are really pretty cool and pretty pretty important and a really interesting time to, to be able to have those types of discussions. So, you know, I think that's that's where we want to get as, as individuals. And I think as a healthcare executive, there are a lot of opportunities for you to explore in this space to figure out the role that you and your team and your company want to play in defining some of these initiatives and what does that look like. So I think that that's... That's a that's a, that's really exciting, and it's a really exciting time for for all of us to get kind of jump into this. So, uh, you know, I think the last thing I want to leave you with is that, you know, going back to the way, reason we we structure grow the way we have here at Info Innovation, and the reason that it's important for you as an executive to find time to get away and and to break away from the the wheel that you run on all the time and other things. It's important. Because there have been studies out there, even like the one that was done by the University of Utah, that showed a cohort of people that spent a sustainable amount of time in nature and then were asked to solve a very, very complex problem that actually required quite a bit of creativity. They were actually the the group that actually went out to nature versus the group that didn't, the the control group. The nature-oriented group actually was 50% more creative in solving that problem than the group that didn't get out. So again, that's all part of the model. It's all part of the rationale for what we're doing here. And it's all part of the reason why we're so damn passionate about it. So that's kind of where I want to leave it today. 
you know, we do, again, formulate groups coming up. We've got, I think, three or four seats left for the Atlanta group before we hit the cap. That's uh, July 15 to 17, product and distribution focus. The uh, group coming together in October is freaking amazing. Uh, you know, the, the things to remember there, only the first 65 folks that are signed up, which we're getting close to that number, are guaranteed access to rooms at the Four Seasons. The Four Seasons is pretty darn popular in Jackson Hole, so you know, we do have uh, limits on how many rooms will be there versus potentially overflow places. So if you haven't uh, thought through getting up here in October and you want to, you know, we're very much in the, I would say, the peak recruiting part of the the season for that. So uh, take a look at that and let us know. Like I said, just to get started, it's hello at m4innovation.com. Tell us and tell us via email you're interested in being there. Our team will take care of it from there. So uh, thanks for listening again today. Have a very good Memorial Day weekend, and we'll be back here in a couple weeks.